We were saying, why wouldn't the aliens be abducting Bigfoot? Yep. You know, because you see, you see a lot of the. If you're seeing that connection of the Bigfoot and UFO, where the UFO is dropping, you see a Bigfoot coming out of the UFO. Could it? Could they have possibly been abducted and sure. and tested? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for joining us, and special thank you goes out to all of you who continue to support the podcast and continue to spread the word. Always remember, if any of you out there have experiences of your own that you'd like to share, feel free to email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com, and you too could be a guest on the show. got a whole host of uh of friends joining us tonight here on the show and uh who i'm talking about who am i talking about well i'll tell you what we're talking about mr eric mintel mr dominic satel and of course uh, eric spinner is also here too so welcome guys thanks for thank you us. all at once <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks for having us brent as uh, always man it's great to be here it's great yeah, to have like you it. back, and uh, thanks uh, to all of you. And, and Eric, welcome to the show. This is your first appearance on here, huh? Uh-oh, his mute's still on. Here's oh, mute. <laughs> oh, wait. I was being respectful. I said thank you, and, and thanks for having me. I got, I got it telekinetically it there. I, I think I got first, the telepathy. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> but welcome to the show, guys, and, and you're joining us tonight to talk about the Pine Barrens, and you had already been on uh, recently to talk about your your experience over on Bray Road, and uh, yeah. I know you it's Bray you, Road, that's, Beast of Bray Road, Beast of Bray is. Road. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys had a hell of a journey over there, and and so what what prompted the uh, the the whole mission to the Pine Barrens? Of course, we all know those of us in the paranormal world, we know about the the uh, the the Jersey Devil, which is rumored to be there. But I don't think a lot of people know that it's also a Bigfoot hotspot over there, huh? It is. And I'll, I'll start it off by just real quick saying that uh, Eric and I, uh, Eric is doing a lot of really great research in the Pine Barrens for many, many years, uh, a lot of different hotspots. And uh, I had had the pleasure of having him on my interview show Mm. Uh, in uh, Princeton Television, which is now Central New Jersey Network. But oh, cool. uh, we had Eric on, very impressed with all of his research, the castings that he got, the hair samples. So we conducted an investigation in July of 2020, like right in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we were in the Pine Barrens during the day. And Eric took us over to some areas that, you know, have had some activity. So fast forward you know, we said, well, look, we've got to do a follow up on this investigation. So uh, fast forward to October 11th of last year, and it was me, Dominic and Eric and uh, and Eric's uh, research partner, Art Mack. And in the in the a place called the Bowl, new place that uh, they found and have had a lot of activity. And uh, that's when we actually encountered something that night Ooh. as soon as we got out there. Wow. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and, and you're minutes. welcome about that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, Dominic, Dom, I got to tell you, man, I, and I want to give a shout out to Don, your partner there, too. Hey, well, I was never, we never say hi to Don, but hi, Don. How you doing, man? Um, <laughs> hey, Don. So, uh, so Dominic is a medium. He's a spirit medium. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's looked for Bigfoot and, and different creatures with me. But this and the Beast of Bray Road, that was completely out of his wheelhouse. So I'm I'm dragging him around to different areas, and it was when Dominic and Art were having a conversation. That's when it happened. Oh, and and what what was it exactly that happened? Go ahead, Dom. Well, well, Art and I were talking, and as we're talking, I'm asking him about different questions about how they investigate and what they do, and all of a sudden, Eric's like, "Did you hear that?" And I was like, what do you, what, I missed it. And then all of a sudden I heard it and it was a whoop and, and it was a really distinctive whoop. So that was intense. I've never heard that before. That's yeah. So we had to cut Art's interview short. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, I had my wife Heather respond to it and wow. she did a gentle whoop. And we were getting like a little bit of a back and forth going on. And we actually did hear it moving away from us. And then Dominic thought he heard something uh, rustling behind, like uh, maybe Mama Squatch coming to, you know, check out, make sure everything was okay with the uh, juvenile. Yep. Wow. So with with that, um, I do have to say that when we started the investigation, we were about five miles, I would say, right, Eric? About five miles into the Pine Barrens uh, by truck and basically went in about 600 feet into the woods to set up base camp. So prior to all of this happening, you know, Eric's showing us his protocols on what they do and how they do the research, which I thought was amazing because a lot of people don't know the inner workings. You know, they see a lot of stuff on television and and things like that. But uh, to actually be there on site and to see what he's doing for this research was really, really incredible. And infrared, you know, and and the microphones. Well, he had these high-powered microphones going at the same time we were doing the the interview with Art. Well, those microphones picked up the sound a, a lot louder than our little lavaliers did, wow. and it was amazing, man. And uh, and that's on our vi- our video called uh, Pine Barrens Bigfoot, and people could hear that. I mean, we had a lot of different activity. I had we had to leave earlier that night. Uh, but Eric stayed late, uh, later, uh, that night. I think they had more activity when we left. So it was, it was pretty amazing night. So, so Eric, you've been researching this area for quite a while. Oh yeah. I've been doing research since about 2006, 2007, and I'm an investigator. I'm also an organizer. I, I take people out on expeditions and, uh, I've had uh, numerous activity, not only in the Pine Barrens, but up in New York, Pennsylvania, Missouri and uh, British Columbia was actually where I I saw my first uh, Sasquatch. Wow! Wow! Right, that's that's amazing. You know, I knew there was quite a bit of activity over there. I just didn't know to what degree. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I think everybody's mm-hmm. in the in our community is pretty well versed in the fact that, of course, Sasquatch is a national and international 
phenomena. And uh, but you always wonder what kind of dispersal are we working with? You know, I mean, are there huge populations? Are there small pockets? Is you know what exactly is going on? But um, mm. I've heard a lot of stories coming out of the Pine Barrens, and I, I think that that really takes a lot of people by surprise because when you think of New Jersey, you're thinking you know metro areas and and towns and stuff. I don't think people have a real clear idea of of the expanse that is the Pine Barrens. Sure. Well, you usually think Sopranos, you know, North Jersey and all the uh, pollution and the oil refineries. But down by me, it's it's an amazing expanse of 1.2 million acres of nothing but forest. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's plenty of real estate for them to hook up with. That's Tons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've had activity. I had a, a Class A road crossing coming back from one of my areas 12 years ago. I was with a Jersey Devil research friend of mine. Oh, and on our way back, it was actually... Uh, St. Patrick's night, we went out instead of going out getting, you know, <laughs> drunk, <laughs> we went out to seek the elusive Sasquatch and the Jersey Devil. Uh-huh. And on the way back, we actually had a road crossing. And I'll tell you what, I came within three feet of uh, hitting this individual. And, you know, I, I slammed on my brakes. She slid forward. The water, that bottle that she had between her legs sprayed all over. And she says, what the F was that? And I went, deer she goes no it wasn't (laughs) i knew it wasn't a deer because it was running on two legs hunched over with its arms propelling it Mm. about 35 miles an hour i mean literally it it didn't stop running but it kind of turned as it was in front of the vehicle and and like as if to say oh shit you know like it messed up but it kept going right across and and continued in about you know through one more uh yard it was on a high tension pole line which is like a Sasquatch highway, you know, yeah, and sure. takes it deeper into the Wharton State Forest. Now, how big would you say it was, Eric? Well, hunched over, all right, it, and I was driving a car back then, it was three and a half feet higher than my hood. So okay. I would say guesstimate about six and a half, seven feet. So you think it was probably a juvenile or, or do you? Uh, a younger one or, or a female maybe. And I, I feel it was probably, uh, you know, uh, an opportunist and it was probably dumpster diving or taking advantage of food that might have been left uh, at this development where it came tearing out of it. literally oh. came down a trail mm-hmm. with chain link fence on both sides and it had a clear path right across the street through the next yard into the, the pole line. Wow. And we, uh, when we did the investigation during the day, Eric took me to that exact site, and we got it all on video on that on that particular uh, investigation. And you can see there's this trail that goes right down into the development, but it also goes right out to the woods. Wow! So oh. it's there. Something was there, and I mean, it even didn't even have like a big tree or something that was like blocking the entrance, like something. Afterwards, afterwards, yeah. there was yeah. a tree that blocks the entrance and i'm thinking maybe the development maybe put it there to either prevent you know bigfoots from running through or maybe to keep people from driving in i don't know but i i left out the part that the next night one of my customers daughter-in-laws had the exact same situation happen to her and then a year later another woman going to work in the opposite direction had a road crossing at the same exact spot so eric and i always joke around hey we should just set up a trail camera here you know and stake (laughs) it out (laughs) Well, and that was my my thought was maybe they're going into and you thought of this too, Eric, you know, maybe, you know, you guys have heard of this, that they're going into these developments. They were going in, taking the garbage, you know, out of people and taking it back out of the woods, you know, looking for, you know, food source. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I thought maybe that could be one of the things. Um, But, you know, that's that's what and we've been experiencing that uh, we've had a lot of uh, 
reports about that. I know Eric has about a lot of road crossings now. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're getting to be a bigger population. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eric is going out into these locations and he's getting, I mean, there's, he's finding tracks all the time. I mean, in the middle dead of winter, I don't think anybody's going to be out there in bare feet. And these, <laughs> these tracks are incredible. So, you know, I always say that there's people that are connected to this kind of like phenomena too, you know, uh, like Dominic is connected to the spirit world. Eric's connected to the cryptid world. You know, um, we had a discussion the other night, which was, you know, we were talking about Bigfoots and UFOs, you know, that connection. You know, Eric's not there yet, although Dominic and I are, are coming from that that avenue. But we were talking about, you know, not to get off subject here, but we were talking about, you know, a lot of the, uh, the paranormal parallels. Yeah, paranormal <laughs> yeah. parallels. Exactly. And, you know, we're talking about alien abductions. We were saying, why wouldn't the aliens be abducting Bigfoot? Yep. You know, because you see, you see a lot of the. If you're seeing that connection of the Bigfoot and UFO, where the UFO is dropping, you see a Bigfoot coming out of the UFO. Could it? Could they have possibly been abducted and sure. and tested? And so that's that was one a, of the well, one of the theories that Art had mentioned when you and I were discussing it right. the other night. Art and then Brian and brought it up point. on our podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a strong possibility. That that makes perfect sense. In fact, I, I interviewed a person who had, well, she wasn't sure if she had a dream or if it was real, but uh, she had an abduction scenario. And I, I'm pretty sure it probably pretty ha- uh, pretty much happened, but she had she said that when she, she, she was in a, a, like a room, an unremarkable room where these, these aliens were and they were looking at her, but then she was kind of sat up a bit and she looked over across the room was another table and on there sat a huge Sasquatch. And she said when she looked into its eyes, she could feel the intelligence and the warmth and the, and the, you know, the, the fact that this, this creature was, you know, in the same position she was in. So I think, wow. I think there's merit to that. I think it stands to reason. I mean, they, they core the, the cows all the time. So I mess. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. And that's true. And that's been a lot, a lot more of that's been happening too, which is, yeah. you know, yeah. all, over, all over the, all over the country. Yeah. It's huge. And mm-hmm. Dominic, how did you feel like when you heard that, yeah. that night? <laughs> well, like I said to you, when we were out at the beast of Bray road and out in Wisconsin and, I felt safer in the Pine Barrens than I did out there. Mm. I didn't think we were in any really harm's way, um, but definitely there was movement. There was stuff going on. And just, you know, looking back on it now, it was definitely a mother or something protecting its child. And, you know, and that, that was, that was the big thing that really got us was that. And, you know, when Eric and I were sitting there, um, Mintel and, Eric Spinner and Art were out and they were investigating. You know, I said to Eric, I'm like, there's something behind us and it's watching us. And I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not just feel it, but I could, you know, mentally and physically feel it and knew that we weren't in a good area, but mm-hmm. I still didn't feel like it was danger at that point. So, you know, I said, to Eric, I think we should really go. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that was, that was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I felt I felt the same way. I mean, Brent, when you're in this area, it's com- first of all, it's completely pitch black. Mm-hmm. You can't see your fa- your hand in front of your face. So of course we had you know night vision camera going, 
Uh, but a lot of times, Eric, you do these investigations with no video. You're just doing audio and you're sitting in the dark. Well, we uh, we do record a lot of audio, but we have the thermal images now that have uh, recording capability. So as I showed you the other night, I took a picture of one up in New York, I think. I mean, something we got on on therm. That was so. that was amazing. Yeah, that really and, is. Yeah, Brent, there's also a phenomenon going on, and I'm sure some of your listeners will uh, will, you know, um, be familiar with this as well. There's this this phenomena that these guys have been seeing, and we di I didn't see it that night, but I think Art or I, you might have Dominic. I, I think there's a a red pinpoint of light, and I know Eric's seen it a lot, and on other lights in the woods. So mm -hmm. there's this red point of light uh, that's been seen that's accompanying these Bigfoot uh, you know reports and sightings. best defense against the Bigfoot, you know, I go out with my Kimber pepper spray, I don't carry, you know, firearms or anything, but um, the best defense against the Bigfoot is a bright flashlight. mentioned on my expedition with Nathan in uh, Pennsylvania in October um, or September rather I saw the headlamp looking thing that that I told you brought me closer to you know crossing over to the the dark side with the whole paranormal thing because yeah I have never experienced this in all my years doing this where it looked like a a, a, a real bright headlamp not tiny I mean it was sure big in fact when i go out my door there's lights that shine through the trees and it it has like the same exact type of look i get ptsd now every time i walk out my door <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was about eight feet high up in the air i told you 15 to 20 feet away and i'm looking at it i'm swaying to see if it's a plane or a star you know what i mean or a trail runner because we weren't far from the at and then i would say probably 20 to 30 seconds after that it just went slowly down and wow. went out. That's, I was I was blown away. That is such a weird phenomenon that comes up a lot to people talking about seeing these orbs, and that it, it's in the same it it's in the same areas as people are are having these experiences with Sasquatch. And I and I wonder about that. I I don't know if they're one and the same, but there definitely seems to be a, a, a correlation. A correlation. Yeah. 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 It's very strange. Very strange. Huh. But Brent, I'm I'm not one of these. Like I was always a flesh and blood believer. Okay, sure. so uh -huh. for me personally, I I respect other people's opinions and ideas, and I don't put anybody down for what they think. Mm -hmm. However, I don't always prescribe to those beliefs. Right. And for me, it, it it took a long time for me to even consider the possibility of this other, you know, what we call woo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> now we have coined a new phrase, paranormal parallels, which sounds a lot better. And we experienced that when Art, when Art and I took uh, Eric and Dominic out to the bowl that night. We it was us. Strange, strange <laughs> things. Yeah, I'm sure it was Dominic. I'm telling you, he brought that stick with him or something. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, the radio started scanning channels out of the blue. Yeah. And, you know, they yeah. were seeing some flashes. I didn't see any flashes that night. Um, but, you know, we've had some strange activity. Right before I brought them out, I had a different group out there, and I said, hey, it'd be nice to have a tree get pushed over. And five minutes later, from behind the guy holding my stick mic with the powerful microphones on it, the Kimbro Audio, mm -hmm. um, let me tell you, five minutes later, a tree got pushed over, and I was like, 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you wish for, huh? <laughs> we ask for that all the time, though. <laughs> you know, we and you know the thing is, I had same thing with Dominic. I felt like a uh, a sense of security when we were in, in the Pine Barrens, of course. You know, Pine Barrens is millions and millions of acres, but. When we were there, because I, you know, I, you, you have to have a level of trust with the person that you're there with, you know, and Eric, uh, you know, has been doing this so long. And so I felt much safer there than I did when I was when we were in Wisconsin. But yep. but the uh, I'll tell you, man, the activity there, it's fascinating. And the mm -hmm. trail cam, I think there's some there. He's getting all these weird pictures and the castings and the footprints. So. There, it warrants more investigation. Let's put it that way. So I think we're going to try to uh, we're going to try to do another follow up with that uh, when it gets a little warmer. This is this is yeah. one of the casts we got from the Pine Barrens. I don't know if you can see it okay or not. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Technology, but uh, this was from an expedition I did back in 2015, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to get actual casts. You How know, long that is we could that? Do a tri casting demo with sure, and it's about the same size as the. Patterson Gimlin. This is a, a recast from the Patterson Gimlin. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And uh, got this one from Cliff Barrickman in the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And if you notice, the same dense, you know, the same oh, thickness, sure. yep. almost the same exact length. I only got four toes. One, two, three, four. I missed the big toe because okay. of the way the individual sure. was kind of crouched down by the bridge where uh -huh. we found them by the creek. Um, but it's almost an identical. No... No transverse arch. Actually, see the mid tarsal break. You know what I mean. Wow. So yeah. it's pretty cool to get this in the Pine Barrens. Yeah, yeah I guess you know it's, it, with tracks, it's real tough because, of course, it all depends on the strata and stuff. But uh, that's awesome. I was going to ask you that, Eric, if you ever got tracks or castings. So I'm I'm thrilled that you're that you're grabbing that material as well. And and then across the creek, Brent, from where we found those two, we have another big one that was a lot deeper because she slid when she came down the embankment Ooh. to avoid detection. Uh -huh. We got 18 juvenile tracks. Oh wow! That 18 is awesome. track impressions, I should say. I only cast five of them. <laughs> <laughs> what what time can... of year did you did you find these? Uh, this was again in September. September. Um, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily during barefoot season, then, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, and it had rained all night. That's the other uh, thing, which lends credence to these being not human but Bigfoot tracks. Sure. The reason I say that, it rained hard all night, and we had trail cameras down on the other side of the bridge where people would you know, normally put in their kayaks or canoes. Mm -hmm. um, there was no activity of any humankind, and these were found in the morning early. Um, and so, yeah, it was still raining when I went and actually cast them. Wow. So. Yeah, those are great finds. I, I think that's that's phenomenal, yeah. and it certainly substantiates, you know, you get the anecdotal, uh, you know, uh, sightings and stuff, and they're, they're, of course, valuable, but when you can back that up with, with actual cast tracks and stuff, I think that certainly uh, solidifies the phenomena for that area so much more. But, you know, and Eric mentioned we find a lot of tracks. Honestly, we find some potential tracks. In, sure. the, in the Pine Barrens, I have to say the sandy soil, we call it sugar sand, mm -hmm. very difficult to get uh, casts that are, or, or impressions, I should say, that are worth casting. Mm -hmm. So I have found a number of, of impressions over the years, but not as many as you would think. And here, I, I really feel it's because they're pretty intelligent creatures they don't want to leave a lot of, you know, yeah. evidence of them coming through. I did find some 
tracks in the snow once on Thanksgiving about 10 or 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was out on a solo hike and I got growled at five times by something I couldn't see. Mm. I should have at that point thought, oh man, maybe intradimensional, <laughs> right? But I wasn't definitely not ready to go there. Yeah. But five times, the first time I had just done three knocks with a child's baseball bat on a tree. Mm -hmm. And it came from the back, from my right hand side, so loud that it vibrated my right ear. And oh. I turned and went, oh, and it growled at me again. And I went, well, and I got another growl. And Man. at this point, I'm saying, well, wait a minute. You're only you're about three miles from your car with just a child's baseball <laughs> bat in your hand. So I said, hello, how are you? <laughs> and I said, hmm, does this mean you don't want me here? <laughs> well, I tell you what, we want you here and uh, we're going to go to our first break. joined tonight by the Bucks County Paranormal Investigations team, along with Mr. Eric Spinner. And uh, we are having a great discussion about their experiences in the Pine Barrens. And ladies and gentlemen, you ever seen like what happens when you put three kids in a, in a room full of toys? That's 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 what Skype is like during our breaks. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. I was going to say you can probably see us, you know, messing around while, while we're in a commercial. <laughs> yeah, I'm next time I'm bringing popcorn, and I'm just going to kick back and watch you guys. <laughs> just unbelievable. That's what one of the one of the things you got to have as researchers. You got to have fun, <laughs> and we do. We we are having a blast doing our podcast, and and oh, Eric's yeah. had me on his for you know a couple of times and uh, we got the pleasure of having him on our squatch our squatch talks podcast actually oh. it's going to air tomorrow night at eight on youtube shameless self-promotion yeah, sorry absolutely no by all but, means uh, absolutely but eric is a great shape off right now <laughs> i'll mute myself I'm sorry now, we got so. uh, having connections issues with eric we'll uh, yeah, try yeah, to get yeah. him back <laughs> wait i can't hear eric all of a sudden what <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> he's he's lost microphone privileges for the rest of the visit, so uh, we'll just have to get the rest of the story from <laughs> Mintel and, and um. Oh my God, and Brent, that's what makes this that's what makes the research that much more enjoyable too. Sure. Look, you know the thing is, yes, we we could joke around, but when we get out in the field, that's the whole thing. Yeah. We're out in the field. We are absolutely physically in the field. Yeah. And when we're out there, it's like game that's a game changer it's like complete seriousness um yep. when eric's doing tree knocks when we're, we're listening for certain things you've got to have a whole nother uh headspace you mm -hmm. know when 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 dealing with that because uh you know he was dead you know you see a lot of people you know on the tv shows doing tree knocks and things like that everybody's got their own technique but there is a there is a science to this because you've got once you do the knock you have to remain completely quiet Sure. Yeah. To hear what's what's going to be returned, hopefully, you know. And, I, yeah, and and when we were out there, not to interrupt, but when we were out there with Eric and he was going through and he's like, we don't use, you know, we use the headlamp. We use the red light mm -hmm. because the white light will blind you and it gives you basically spots with the red light. It's easier on the eyes. It's it's little things that Eric yeah. and I didn't know when we first went out with Eric Spinner and. He taught us, you know, this is how we do a knock. This is the reason why. Cool. This is how we look for prints, mm -hmm. and this is the reason why. And it was it was really educational as well. And and we learned, you know, 
things about it now that we're going to use when we go and do our next investigation out at the Beast of Bray Road. So, you know, thank you, Eric. I mean, you really, you and Art were awesome. The red lamps, the red headlamps we use is not only to help preserve our night vision, but also if you use white lights out there, you're going to scare anything out of, you know, they're just going to, it's going to really cut the activity quite fast. So the best defense against the Bigfoot, you know, I go out with my Kimber pepper spray. I don't carry, you know, firearms or anything, but um, the best defense against the Bigfoot is a bright flashlight. (laughs) Tactical light. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say that pisses them off in a hurry. Like they, they, they hate the white light. Yeah, yeah. But now, um, wouldn't you say though that uh, oftentimes, th- I mean, every time I think these these beings choose when they're when they're going to have an interaction or not. I mean, we're not going to surprise them. We're gonna we're not going to be sneaking up on these things. They're going to choose whether or not they're going to make themselves known. Um, and and it's sometimes. Some of the most unassuming uh, activities seem to bring them in, like they are such a curious and intelligent being, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and and actually that's quite true, Brent. Mm. Um, and we we've been trying some other techniques where in the past we used to go out and sit quietly and just listen, and then we started doing like some provocations, some knocks, or some gentle whoops or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I, who was my girlfriend back at the time. You know, she and I had some research techniques that also brought them in from time to time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that uh, <laughs> one time we got growled at again. And she says, that's it. I'm out of here. She got in the truck and locked the door. And I went around the truck and I said, hello, how are you? <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> yeah. And and then I used to take my kids when they were little. I used to take them out and use them as bait as well because you know, Squatch is definitely our kids. <laughs> but Bigfoot loves the ladies, I got to say. So oh, we definitely sure. Enjoy taking the women out and, uh, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be graphic or anything, but if they are on their cycle, their monthly cycle, that, yeah. that may even enhance some uh, activity as well. Sure. I have to say, we had that at the bowl with Eric. Um, prior to that, we had some attendees. Patty, she was having a conversation for an hour, going back and forth, whooping with this, ju- we call it a lovesick juvenile. Oh. And I have all the audio from this. This this is why I started to say earlier, the audio as great as having thermal imaging and night vision cameras and all that is, mm-hmm. the chances of you getting a picture with a night vision camera are very slim. Okay, sure. but audio, I can guarantee you, I'll I'll walk home with audio. If somebody doesn't step on it by making too much noise after our provocation, I'll walk home with some audio recordings that you can just go back and listen to over and over again, and then analyze. It's the best, I have to say. Yeah, I think it's great to have a many-tiered approach like that too, because you, you know we don't know how they're going to choose to to make themselves known, whether it's going to be a tree knock or if it's going to be a growl or if it's you know. And, and oftentimes, I think that the more the more methods you have in play, the better your odds are if you're going to get anything at all. But I, I think that they, yeah, they definitely do le- seem to like children. And they do seem. To, <laughs> I've heard stories, so many stories of them you know, being so intrigued by ladies and, you know, especially if they're alone. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, because I, you know, of course you think of the first nations stories of how people right. would disappear and, and never come back. Yeah. And, you know, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the dark scary yeah, side. We know they have infants. We know they have a gestation period. I've found nesting areas could potentially be a, a nursery type area where the adults leave the, you know, the young while they're out hunting or foraging. 
the that the the strange thing is about this thing. Why I think it's there is some kind of like paranormal uh, parallel to this. Mm-hmm. When we were in uh, Wisconsin, for and just to veer off of that for a second, Lee Hample, the farm owner. I know you've talked to him. I oh, think, yeah, yeah. Uh, talked to him as well. Yep. You know, we saw he, hair samples that he had gotten, mm-hmm. and we, under the microscope, they were completely absent of the medulla. Mm-hmm. so it, it, they're translucent so and i liken this to like you know when you when you're looking at a field and you know there's deer in the field mm-hmm. and you can barely see the deer because they're just so blended in sure you know could this have some kind of uh some way of cloaking itself somehow mm-hmm. that it's it could be like right next to you but you just don't see it's there right well, you, you know um and that's the fascinating part about this whole thing. Um, you know, then you've also got reports of the the red glowing eyes from, uh, yes. you know, from Bigfoot. Um, I know Stan Gordon had had reports way back in uh, in the mid seventies where there was a lot of Bigfoot uh, sightings accompanied with UFOs, uh, and these Bigfoots had red glowing eyes, and uh, that's a phenomena that's going on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, you know, we leave a lot of these investigations that we go to, we leave with more questions than we come back with answers, but yeah. it's always, but we're always putting those pieces of the puzzle together. Sure. And that's, that's what I love about what we're doing. And to be able to meet with Eric and Art and all of his team, Dominic and the spirit mediums that we've worked with, it just adds so much more to all of our investigations because there, there is some real validity to to what's going on. And, you know, look, everybody's open. Most people now are open minded, given what we've gone through with this pandemic, too. You know, there and plus what the government is, uh, you know, declassifying with all the UFO footage. A lot of people are more open minded to the to the possibility that Bigfoot does exist. It's a it's a real flesh and blood creature. Mm-hmm. Have we identified it yet? No, but that's what that's where we come in and guys like Eric and, and we're doing the research, telling the stories and hopefully someone else comes forward with a story of their own. That's never been told before. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. You know, I was going to say, uh, Eric, um, when you were talking about the road crossing, don't you find that fascinating? Because I think it, it boggles my mind. And, and I think that it must be, I mean, they must be doing it on purpose because there's no doubt when you're out in the in the country, you can hear a car coming over a mile away, and and no they, doubt. these things certainly would have no problem hiding, you know, even in plain sight. They, I mean, they they can just blend in. They don't even have to try, right? But why? yeah, you know, you make a great point about that because one of the things we had you know talked about was that maybe it's like a rite of passage almost, yeah, like, where they have to, mm-hmm. you know, as as a rite of initiation, they have to charge out in front of a speeding automobile and not get hit, you know, right? But it's funny when we were recreating my uh my uh road crossing on the finding bigfoot thing uh i said to bobo i said hey you're gonna run out in front of my vehicle as i'm <laughs> going 55 miles an hour and he says that ain't happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that takes that takes all kinds of courage i, I think but uh they do it they they do run out when that obvious obviously they're going to be seen and they time it just perfectly because it's like, why couldn't you just wait two seconds? The car goes by and boom, you're free. But they and go behind them. Right. Yeah. When we talked to Jim King Bear oh, yeah. uh, of the Bigfoot Outlaws, he he has a similar theory. He thinks it's like it's counting, coup. counting coup. Yeah, like they have a counting coup where they, as you mentioned, a tribal idea that they, it's kind of like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and I'll have to say, I mean, you made another good point earlier, though, about being in the right place at the right time. You just never know when it's going to happen. And that is exactly the situation that night where we had been out in the Pine Barrens on a, you know, Bear Swamp Hill Tower Road. I mean, just that name alone, it sounds like a good spot, right? But sure. I mean, yeah. no activity whatsoever. It was kind of misty and cold. So she and I said, OK, you know, pack it up. We're talking about, you know, music on the radio as we're coming back. And that's when this thing charged out in front of us. And again, I think it was being an opportunist. And the reason it ran out the way it did is because it probably got scared by something in the development. Mm -hmm. Maybe a homeowner caught it, you know, foraging through the uh, or rummaging through the trash can or taking food they left out for, you know, a wild animal or their own pets. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But it looked at us literally (laughs) as if it was like surprised that we were there. okay. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. And, and Dom, I want to ask you, since you're a psychic, um, did, did a lot of people have alluded that there's definitely a psychic element to these creatures. Um, did you sense the presences in a different way, or, or what was your reflection as a as a sensitive to the presence of these beings? You know, when we were out there and I was talking with Art and we heard the first whoop, mm-hmm. and you, you knew just by the tone and the pitch that it wasn't an adult was not an adult. Okay. Um, you know, I said to Eric, you know, I, I did feel something, but it was behind us. It wasn't in front of us. Sure. And I could feel the presence, but I, I really didn't get any animosity, any anger, any, you know, anything like that, that was negative. Mm -hmm. It was more curiosity to see what we were going to do. And, you know, that's what I was feeling at the time. And I didn't like, as I said before, you know, I didn't feel that we were in any danger. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I picked up the, the infrared camera and, you know, Eric said to me that he's used it before and there hasn't been any infrared from them for heat signature. And when I was aiming it to where we were hearing the whoop and even behind us afterwards, I wasn't picking up anything on it either. So, you know, they're definitely some some kind of cloaking or something along those lines that, you know, they can they can I don't know whether you want to say turn it on, turn it off. But there was nothing there. But I knew something was there. Mm -hmm. So it was different. It was very different. So you were able to still kind of dial in the presence. I I, I just kind of am curious about that, because oddly enough, with the paranormal, what I've noticed so many times is the overlap you know, that there's so many overlaps between like cryptids and ghosts and UFOs and, and ghosts and, you know, everything. There seems to be some some similar dynamics that go on with all of these phenomena. And it makes me wonder, are, are they are they truly, and, and I, I'm a flesh and blood kind of guy too, but I've been really entertaining the idea that these things are something different. Well, well remember though, um, um, uh, Warren, uh, Lorraine Warren uh-huh. had that story oh, where sure. she was telepathically communicating with, with an injured with one. an injured one yep yep so let's yep. yeah there is that it, too yeah yeah when 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 eric and i were out in wisconsin and we had baited an area to for the beast of bray road and when we heard you know the howl the scream that we heard i said to eric we need to go it's mm-hmm. we're in danger yeah um and you know that feeling that came over me that quick yeah. was not good. 
And, you know, I, and I knew we were not in a good area and we had to go. And, and Eric, you know, he knows when, when the look on my face, my disposition, everything was, we need to go now. And we were on quads. So yeah, pretty much, you know, we were ready to dive out of the way, (laughs) but we were on, we took quads back to the area. And I said to him, stay towards the middle of the field Mm. because I was afraid there was a cornfield on the, on our one side as we were riding out. And I was just afraid this thing was going to reach out and just grab us. Oh, sure. And, and, you know, but, and that's why I said, when we were out in the Pine Barrens, I didn't get that. I didn't get that danger feeling. I I knew that there was something there Mm -hmm. and I knew we were being watched. And, you know, I, I expressed that to Eric and, 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 you know, Eric Spinner. And I was like, they're there, they're watching us. They're, they're kind of more interested in what we were doing and, why we were there more than what, you know, why we were doing what we were doing. They were just like, well, what are they and what are they doing? And, you know, when Eric and his wife went and started following the juvenile, whooping at it, it, and that thing moved pretty quick to get out of the way. Cause I mean, you heard it, it was real close to us. And then the next thing you know, it was distant, 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 gone. Mm -hmm. And it was quick. Wow. So, well, we do have a question from our chat, and and this is from our, one of our mods, Android Purity. Says, "What do each of them believe the origin to be of Sasquatch? Biological, spiritual, or interdimensional? Or aren't they sure yet?" And if each of you could take a turn, Eric Mintel, do you want to start? Yeah, um, I mean, I think they're biological. Okay, uh, sure, I think they're biological. Okay, and next. Um, <laughs> And, and I, I think the same thing. I think they're biological, you know, I, and my patch on my arm here, you know, it shows Sasquatch <laughs> with the, with the, the, you know, the yeah. UFO. And I, I honestly think that, it, you know, aliens are interested in them as just like they are with us. Okay. I don't think it's, you know, that they're depositing them and that they're spreading them out. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that they're looking at them as research, just like they do with us. So when, you know, when they <clears throat> When they abduct us, they all, they'll abduct them as well just sure. to, to diagnose and see what's going on. But definitely biological. I don't think they're alien of any kind. Okay. And Eric Spinner, what do you got, sir? Well, hey, I, uh, I happen to believe they come in a, in a orb through a portal, okay? And uh, after they uh, take the ferry to the uh, <laughs> I'm kidding of course <laughs> I just you know I can't agree with these guys they both say they weren't afraid in the Pine Barrens I mean it every time we're on oh I wasn't scared in Pine Barrens I'm going to take you out again buddy okay <laughs> we'll show you what it's really like take him, take him to the brown pants lair yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing the pens <laughs> guys we're out there for an hour come on <laughs> we get home at 3 in the morning four in the morning, sometimes 6 a.m., and uh, right. <laughs> that's when it gets spooky. All right. You know, <laughs> know and, as and, far as the where do the where do the Sasquatch come from? They are I again. I'm a flesh and blood guy with open mind, but uh, sure. we know they have infants. We know they have a gestation period. I found juvenile tracks. Mm-hmm. I found nesting areas where they could potentially be a, a nursery type area where the adults leave the you know the young mm-hmm. while they're out hunting or foraging. I've seen evidence of that. I have eyewitnesses who have seen, you know, adults carrying an infant. They throw them up on their back, kind of like a a chimpanzee would do. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I happen to believe that they are descendants of a, uh, a hominid species mm -hmm. from some split in our line of genealogy somewhere. I personally had felt it was Gigantopithecus black eye who came over the Bering Straits during the last ice age, okay, with early humans. Mm -hmm. uh, we recently talked to, um, what is it, uh, Tom Casey? Tom Carey. Carey, Tom okay. Carey. He had was, a different uh, hominid. I was just, he, yeah, I was just going to, I was going to say. Gigantopithecus uh, blackus uh, rubundus yeah, or whatever. It's, uh, he thinks it's a, yeah, he thinks it's a hominid. Which has a sagittal crest like two, the gorillas do. They have, and it's a. Uh, I think it was Paleo Javanicus. Uh, uh, there was a mega uh, in there too. Uh, which is basically what we're thinking is the missing link, oh, and yeah. uh, and that's what this creature that he believes it is. Now, Tom, Tom Carey. A lot of your listeners will probably know the name from his work in Roswell with the Roswell UFO crash, but he's also an anthropologist, which I was really surprised too. And he really knows his stuff about this and he's been doing research more than I knew that about this. So, uh, and he came up with this, uh, like this creature. And again, yeah. you could see in, in all of what uh, we were talking about in our video too, it's the Pine Barrens Bigfoot. And at the end of the video, we meet with Tom to get his take on what he thinks it is and, and what happened to us. Mm. Yeah, Gypanicithic, Gypanicithicus, robustus. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. good. Well, gentlemen, an hour just isn't enough, but I'm I'm so thrilled you guys came on. Uh, I, I I would like you you guys to keep just take a couple minutes here while we got some time left and let us let our listeners know uh, how to keep in touch with what you guys are doing. Well, you could find us uh, Bucks County Paranormal Investigations on Facebook and YouTube at the same name. And uh, you, if you guys have Amazon Fire TV or uh, Roku or Amazon or uh, Android TV or Apple TV, mm -hmm. you can download uh, our shows um, on your device through Central New Jersey Network. Look for Bucks County Paranormal Investigations, Central New Jersey Network. Download that to your device, and you can see us every night uh, Saturday night. It's uh, eleven o'clock. Okay, and and, uh, and service electric. Service electric up in the Lehigh Valley, Lehigh Pennsylvania Valley. area. Okay. Yep. Very good. Very good. And Mr. Spinner, how do we keep hey. up with you, brother? Well, I'm pretty easy to find. If you Google Eric Spinner, I'll pop up under a lot of Bigfoot stuff. And I'm also a nutritionist, so I have that going. But uh, we are at Squatch Talks Podcast. And that's both for YouTube and Facebook. We're working on a, on a uh, website. But currently, I have the nasbro.net which NASBRO stands for North American Sasquatch Bigfoot Researchers Organization. And, of course, you can also see my reports that I've had published on the BFRO's website at bfro.net. Um, cool. So, yeah, Squatch Talks is our newest project, and we're excited to have that going on, me and my uh, co-hosts. So tune in tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great stuff. And great. Eric's Eric's a great researcher. A little bit of a pain in the ass, but he's our. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because I tell you to keep quiet and not put your phone on after we get responses. <laughs> and, and honestly, and honestly, Mintel, he brings <laughs> snacks which you don't. That's Ooh. true. That's true, man. I know. I know. That's you got Jack Links, man. We're messing with Sasquatch. <laughs> now I've got another question from the chat here before we're done and. Uh, we got three minutes left before the break. Uh, before the end of the show, what are their thoughts on Dogman slash Wolfman? 
So, uh, same question for the Jersey Devil, and, and uh, yeah, if you have time. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Go ahead, Don. I was going to say, uh, the Dogman, um, that's what we're really investigating when we're sure. out in Wisconsin, at yes. Beast of Bright Road. He's he's really a Dogman, upright, uh, bipedal, some kind of animal. Um, and, you know, we if you find our video on YouTube, you'll see it and on Facebook. And we're going to go back out to reinvestigate and hopefully maybe trap this thing, whatever it is. Oof. Um, but you know, we're going to try, but, uh, you know, Lee Hempel, his farm, he's, he's had other sightings. He just sent other pictures out where something's in the tree with a long tail. Um, and I mean, it's, it is freaky, but Mm -hmm. you know, definitely there's something there. Um, I'm going to say it's along the lines cause it's a smaller footprint, definitely smaller footprint than a Bigfoot. So it's definitely a dog man of some tor- some some type. Okay. But uh, there's there's definitely something out there. Okay. Uh, and the God knows what it is, but we're going to try and find it, right, Eric? Exactly. And we're going to be a little prepared this more prepared this time, <laughs> rather than bringing uh, just a flashlight with us in the field. Flashlight and radio. Yeah, that's work. it. Got to have a lot more. <laughs> well. I personally, I'm learning about Dogman still, but I, uh, I've been watching actually your channel, uh, Brent, and oh, listening cool. to your interview with Vic Hunduff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as the Jersey Devil goes, my, my personal opinion is it's folklore that's been perpetuated over the years due to people having encounters with Bigfoot-like you know, individuals oh, out in the forest. They see red glowing eyes and eight foot tall with broad shoulders. It looks maybe like wings screaming at them and their mind wraps around that local legend. Okay. And up in northern New Jersey, it's big red eye. So that's my belief. Well, fantastic. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll have to make sure we get two full hours out of you next time, whatever, <laughs> whenever you come back on, because there's so much more to talk about. And I love just, I really love just batting around ideas and thoughts about this phenomenon because, you know, it's great to get the more minds together having these discussions and the more ideas come onto the table. But um, I, I just wish you all the best of luck and I hope you bring back some more evidence next time and, uh, you know, come back on the show and share it with us. Definitely. Definitely. And, and Brent, let me just say thank you, because I know you are doing a lot of work. Uh, I know sometimes health issues get you, and I know <laughs> you're doing a lot of work there. So we thank you for, for allowing us to do and, to, you know, for our voices to be heard. And I know that goes for probably a lot of the researchers that, that you have on. And uh, so thank you for the, the format and you and Don for all your work. Alright guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormal portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows, journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it out, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash paranormal portal. So hope to see you guys soon uh we'll be back of course for more podcasts in the coming days so we love you all be good be kind be nice take care of each other help each other out find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can